the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Right now, it's 106 on this Thursday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, folks, at our website, dipietro.com. I'm seeing right now Rhode Island Court Challenge to the... Let's see. Healthcare mandate put off after Maine ruling. A hearing into the challenge by healthcare workers that the state's COVID vaccine mandate was put off Thursday after a federal appeals court ruling upheld a similar requirement in Maine and the U.S. Supreme Court declined to weigh in. The first U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals on Tuesday affirmed a district court ruling refusing to block the main requirement that healthcare workers be fully vaccinated by October 29th. So, um, let's see. Like the Rhode Island vaccine challenge, the main healthcare workers argue it violates their constitutional rights by failing to allow an exemption on religious grounds. The Rhode Island healthcare workers who sued Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott and Governor Dane McKee are refusing to get vaccinated based on the use of aborted fetal cell line in the development production. Vaccines themselves do not contain it, according to Joe Wilkinson. Joe Larissa argued for the workers that the mandate violated their rights by prohibiting from considering exemptions based on their upheld religious beliefs. Mary McElroy, the judge, rejected their request for a temporary restraining order, blocking the state from enforcing the mandate. As to the constitutional claims, courts uh, valid exercise the state's police power. Such laws have withstood constitutional challenges. So it does not seem they're going to be successful there. But tomorrow we're going to have the plaintiff in regards to uh, what's happening um, in regards to what's happening with the there is, in fact, a legal challenge, a legal challenge to what's going on with the mask mandate in schools. So we are going to have the lead plaintiff on that tomorrow on the program. Let me just see this. Residents of homeless in Cameron Province have received notices to vacate. Do they really need to receive a notice? I mean, they're not even... <laughs> wow. Um, they're not even... Uh, they, they, they shouldn't even be there. And then, then they're, in essence, then, but they're being treated like they're being evicted, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> now, I want to get to, um, I want to get to folks where I mentioned this. Condoleezza Rice was on The View. And regardless of what you people may think, listen, she is a brilliant woman. She is a tremendously accomplished individual. Times people would even say she should uh, either run for president or, um, or in essence, maybe be a VP for somebody. And she appeared on The View. Um, and, you know, she's just another level compared to who she had to deal with. So it was um, really incredible. So I want to play this. I want you to listen to two things. Number one, she talks about critical race theory. And they can't believe what they're hearing. Because normally, like this crowd, they just try to play to whatever the audience is clapping about. So I want to play, folks. This is Condoleezza Rice on The View. It starts with, this is Whoopi Goldberg. For which way America will swing in 2022, in the midterms. And one of the key issues up for debate is how much of a voice parents should have in their child's school curriculum, especially when it comes to subjects like sex, sex education, and critical race theory. I thought they didn't teach critical race theory in school. They went to, like, law school or something. That's right. I sure hope not, because I'm not certain seven-year-olds need to learn it. It just sounds crazy to me. So, But the question is, do parents need more influence here, or should they leave the lesson planning to the pros? Uh, Well, I was a teacher, and there is a curriculum that teachers follow, and it's studied by, I suppose, the experts. This is Joy Bay. have a lot of education uh, credits because you learn how to teach and you learn mm-hmm. your subject. 
So you can't really pit that up against a, a, a parent who just is annoyed that you're teaching, uh, you know, uh, to kill a mockingbird or whatever the curriculum uh, says. You can't have the parents interfering to that extent in the, in the curriculum. But it's nice to hear from them. But if they are adamant and they don't want you to teach uh, what is going to be taught, period, they're going to have to homeschool their kids because this is not going to wash. Why? Why can't they go to another school or a charter school? Well, they're, they're actually homeschooling them in increasing numbers. Yes. And I think this that's is Condoleezza Rice. Uh, first of all, parents ought to be involved in their their children's uh, yes, they education. Should. Their children are in school seven hours. That's a very formative period. And uh, I think parents ought to have a say. We used to have parent-teacher conferences. We used to have PTAs. There are lots of ways for parents to be involved, and they should be. But if I could take a moment to talk about the whole issue of critical race theory and what is and is not being taught. Uh, I come out of an academic uh, institution, and uh, this is a something that academics debate. What is the role of race and so forth? And, and let me be very clear. I grew up in segregated Birmingham, Alabama. Listen to this. Um, I couldn't go to a movie theater or to a restaurant with my parents. I went to segregated schools till we moved to Denver. Mm -hmm. My parents never thought I was going to grow up in a world without prejudice, but they also told me, that's somebody else's problem, not yours. You're going to overcome it, and you are going to be anything you want to be. And that's the message that I think we ought to be sending the kids. One of the worries that I have about the way that we're, we're talking about race is that it either seems so big that somehow white people now have to feel guilty for everything that's that happened right. in the past. I, I don't think that's very productive. Or black people I feel disempowered by race. Right. I would like black kids to be completely empowered, to know that they are beautiful in their blackness, Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, I don't have to make white kids feel bad. That's right. Listen so to that, folks. This is a conversation that's yep. gone in the wrong direction. That last part, you don't have to watch. Yeah. You know, there's a little bit of it. In order for black kids who, quite frankly, for a long time, the way they were portrayed, the way yep. their history was portrayed, right. it was second-class citizenship. That's right. Of course. But I don't have to make white children feel bad about being white. Listen to that. In order to overcome the fact that black children uh, were... How does that happen? Well, I have a couple of examples here. Yeah, yeah. In Cupertino, California, um, in now an this, elementary school, uh, third graders are uh, instructed stop to it for a moment. This person, I don't know who this person is on The View, but she completely hijacks the conversation. She starts spewing out some things that were prepared for her. She didn't go over it. I can't believe what you're... But well, I'll, I'll let it play out. But you're going to hear on national TV, this should not happen. This is so unprepared. Well, I don't know who she is. One of the white panelists. Talk about hijacking the conversation. Condoleezza Rice is great. And just listen to this. I think I'll just spew out some things that were prepared for me by someone. And I'll just read them and totally kill the momentum of the conversation. On their power and their privilege. Uh, California's Department of Education is proposing to eliminate opportunities for accelerated math in the name of equity. In Greenwich, a white bias survey is handed out to seventh grade English class. Um, a New York private school um, is- uh, Stop saying uh. Separating by race, gender, and ethnicity, white identifying group met with a white consultant who displayed a slide that names- What are you reading? Of white supremacy. Uh, an equity statement- Stop saying ah. Outline the initiative dismantling structures rooted in white advantage. It's happening uh, across Stop the country. Stop saying ah. But again, if you have a teacher, history is That's going to be taught. Sarah Haynes? Yeah, history is going to be taught. She's terrible. As we were talking earlier, you know, when you go to Texas, you talk to Mexican kids who feel like crap because they're being told they're less than because of the Alamo. The whole idea of teaching history is so we don't repeat it. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you're a good teacher, you don't teach to make a, a, a white kid feel now. bad. You're supposed to say, listen, you didn't do any of this, but you should know what happened. I have Let's go back to Condoleezza Rice, will ya? Black kids and Native American kids and, mm -hmm. and all the colors that be in school. I have no problem with, with letting people know what happened. This is Dr. Yes. Rice. Let's remember, history is complex. Right? Mm -hmm. it is. Human beings, human beings mm -hmm. aren't angels now, and they weren't angels in the past. That's right. So how we teach yep. about our history is also yep. important. But you have to. There is no way to hide the fact that white people owned black. People. There's no way to. Who's trying to hide it? 
So what's trying to hide it? There's been this sort of rollback of history. People want to hide history. No, they don't. Who does? It's not true. Sonny this rollback of history. Parents don't. don't want children to hear about the real history. And when we teach children Lies. about real history, I think that is not when true. we will really have true You're lying. People are being taught the true history. What are you talking about? It goes back Where? to how we teach the history. That's what I'm saying. We teach the good and we teach the bad of yes. history. Yes. What right. we don't do is make seven and ten-year-olds feel that they are somehow bad people That's right. because of the color of their skin. We've yep. been through that, yes. and we don't need to do that again. That's we don't right. need anybody to feel that. That's, that's the idea. That doesn't seem to be part of the plan. Oh, it no. is part of it's the plan. It's absolutely part of the plan, Joy Behar. To every student. Of course. I met a German and girl we teach time, slavery to every student. A, a school trip is a trip to Auschwitz. Yes. Yes. Uh, they learn about their history, and there are not two sides to the story. We all have to learn about our history, but yes. we also have, to, rec what we also have to recognize that we have to they're live together, and we're going to do better living together. No, there, there are actually. Folks, I mean, again, good afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to play, I am going to talk about um, and play the sound. Channel 10 did a package about uh, the illegals and Ted Cruz and so forth. But I want to remind you uh, right now at 117 on this Thursday, this portion of the John DePietro Show, whether you're listening on AM 1380, hello, or 99.9 FM, or online at the website Petro.com, is brought to you by JKL Engineering, called JKL. Heating season is here. Let them reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market. New installation or replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL, 55 years. JKL's reputation, second to none. Called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available. If you're listing right now in Bellingham or Franklin or Rentham. Or Cumberland or Smithfield or any way you can hear my voice. Call J or North Smithfield, 401-351-7600. Did I mention estimates are free? Did I mention financing is available? Did I mention they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. I want to stay with the view just for a moment. Only because Condoleezza Rice, she makes a very good point about... The January 6th commission. And she doesn't back down. And this Sonny Hostin, who's lame, I was actually on uh, CNN Don Lemon a couple years ago. And Sonny Hostin was on the panel as well. But listen to what she tries to put into context about January 6th and the commission. Here it is. I said at the time, January 6th was wrong. Mm -hmm. I called it an assault on law and order and an assault on our democratic processes. So full stop, it was wrong. Uh, law enforcement will uh, determine what happened there. Yep. And uh, those full who stop. violated the law ought to be punished. Right. Uh, I also, on January 6th, for the first time since I was the National Security Advisor on September 11th, I cried that day. Mm -hmm. Right? Because I thought, I study countries that do this. Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't think it would happen in my own country. So it was yep. a, a terrible moment. Mm -hmm. I will say that that night, when they filed back into the Capitol after it was secured, and they certified that election, I had new faith in our institutions and the people who were protecting them. So we came through that as a country that ultimately upheld the law. Now, I, I think what uh, Senator McConnell may be referencing Listen is, yes, it's time to move on in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, I'm one who believes that uh, the American people are now concerned about their what we call kitchen table issues. Right. Price of gasoline, yep. inflation, what's happening to their kids in school. I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I will say that as somebody who was a national security expert, maybe didn't see in quite the same way the rise of China in ways that we're seeing it now. And so we do have a lot of issues. And I hope that what we will do is move on to the next generation of leadership. Because even people like me, I was in Washington a total of 10 years, two years with George H.W. Bush, eight years with George W. Bush. I shouldn't go back. 
we ought to move on to the next generation, uh, the, the move, move ahead and uh, deal with the American people's issues. Would well back if they asked you? I have no desire to go back to Washington, D.C. <laughs> Absolutely zero. Well, I think, I think it's, it's, it's really politically expedient for, for Mitch McConnell to say, let's move on, let's move on, especially when uh, the former twice impeached, disgraced president um, in, enjoys attacking Mitch McConnell. But the problem is that past will become prologue if we don't find out exactly what happened January. And we will. So it's not, it's not time right now. We will, we will find out. We, we must find we out will before find out. moving on. We will find out. But I'm yeah. going to tell you, I live in California, not Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. And the American people do have other concerns that we ought to be thinking about. That's right. Talking about. Respectfully, and so, Secretary... Because, as I said, I thought this would happen in countries I studied, not countries that I lived in. Mm -hmm. Our institutions have to be upheld. What happened on January 6th was wrong. I don't know how much more strongly I can say what happened on January 6th was wrong. I also know that as a government and as a country, we've got to be concerned about the things that are making life hard for Americans and hard for American families. That's right. You, and that's what I'm ready to do. But when you have 80% of Republicans Listen wanting to, to see Trump run into you know I'm a political scientist, all right? Mm -hmm. And unless I could see the questions that were actually in that poll, unless I could see the assumptions that were actually in that poll, I'm not going to take for granted that that poll is correct. So Quinnipiac, you don't believe in that? Uh, no, I said I'm a political scientist. I understand polls. And unless I really knew what was in that poll, I just want to repeat as to what I want to see in my party. I want to see the next generation of leadership step up. I want those of us who have been there and done that to step back. I like the way she immediately calls her out of, no, I want to see that poll. I want to see the poll. You, you don't believe in Quinnipiac? I'm a political scientist. I want to see the poll. Folks, how about this? The Magnificent Mile No More. Chicago's blighted by shoplifting. Another American city goes down the toilet. This is so ridiculous. Chicago blighted by shoplifting. Left-wing attorney general stops prosecuting shoplifters who steal less than 1,000. State Attorney Kim Fox mandates Chicago prosecutors only issue felony charges for theft over 1,000. Thieves know they can grab armfuls of merchandise without being stopped by store security. The city's crime issue may only grow worse. 50 cops have been put on unpaid leave for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Cities throughout the country are facing similar issues, including San Francisco. Walgreens announced closing another five stores. How is this allowed? See, it's the left-wing socialists. Nope, we're not going to prosecute if you steal less than 1,000. So what do the people do? They go in and they steal as much as they possibly can. I mean, does that make sense to anyone? A crime is a crime. The more you water it down... You're just emboldened. You're just encouraging it. You're encouraging them to shoplift. You're encouraging crime by lack of enforcement is what you're doing. And they won't even either A, recognize it or B, um, or Take responsibility for it. And it should be both. I want to give you, uh, folks, good afternoon at 125. Boy, some of the headline, uh, headlines. Biden support fading. Concerns of the economy and COVID grow. Um, wanted. Listen to this. 80,000 truck drivers to help fix the supply chain. That's how many drivers they need. 80,000 they need to, to fix the supply chain. And yesterday, who's the person that's going to fix it? The president of the United States. And let's hear. This was President Biden yesterday in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I, I commuted every single day for 36 years as president, vice president of the United States. After my wife and daughter were killed, I went home to see my family. Never stopped. 
I'd ride every day. I, I commuted every single day for 36 years as president, vice president of the United States. After my wife and daughter were killed, I went home to see my family. Never. You know, Mr. President, you were not vice president for 36 years. All due respect, you were vice president for eight, not 36. No, that's that's incorrect. Not trying to, um, I don't think that's what would be considered splitting hairs. <laughs> Folks, and, and the, the sad thing is, that's become the norm, right? Are we really shocked by that? That he's saying things like that? Um, the situation, by the way, right now in, um, in the country is, is really going from bad to worse. It is. And you know what else is frightening is number one in Massachusetts, I mean, Governor Baker, he's also kind of along for the ride. Folks, again, visit the website to Petro.com, which is brought to you by the Coesit Inn. Lunch, dinner, drinks, and lounge, 226 Coesit Avenue, West Warwick. The Coesit Inn. Great menu. Um, I want you to just listen to, right now at 127 on this Thursday, listen to some of these headlines. Gas hits $7.59 in a California town. Now, Biden tackling supply chain crisis with few tools and the clock is ticking. Polls support feeding fast. Backlog backlog of cargo ships, all-time high. They may deploy the National Guard. Grocery prices at a tipping point. Fox News launches weather service. That's interesting. Climate experts are worried. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. School district bans boys from wearing long hair and a student is suing. Um, furious CBC execs push back against the former View host Mar- um, Megan McCain. I want to get to um, how much gas hits seven fifteen up a gallon. But see, that's the way they want to go to California. Wow, folks, that's life under Biden, right? Does anyone think he's not in control? Can't control what's going on. What, he's going to try to straighten out the situation? How? They don't want you driving your car. Gas keeps getting more and more expensive, especially in California. Coastal community of Gorda. Town's only gas station. Unleaded, seven fifty nine. Premium is eight fifty a gallon. <laughs> Gorda's located along the Big Sur coast, 40 minutes north of San Simeon, which I've been to. Uh, which is really a beautiful part of the country, by the way. God, what an absolute disaster. There's no other way to describe it. Travel hell. Southwest cuts more flights amid staffing shortages. American Airlines post profit thanks to federal aid. Ah, <laughs> uh, my goodness, folks. Where is this leading? Celtics wipe from NBA broadcasts after player slams to bet abuses. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, Dr. Phil CBS sued after teens allegedly sexually assaulted at a Utah center. I don't know about that one. But Candace Owens calls on USA to invade Australia over the lockdown. I want to get back to, um, folks, first of all, Kamala Harris, the VP, is... I mean, you want to talk about absent. I like this. So they they plan a surprise party for the vice president. Yesterday was her birthday. She walks into the room and she yells surprise at her own surprise party. That's how, folks, if, if these people, if they're not scripted, so they're saying they told her act surprised. And instead, she walks into the conference room. And she yells, surprise. (laughs) Ah, 
Hold on. I think I have. I thought I had sound of that. Yeah, here it is. She she shouts, surprise. She's walking into her own surprise party. Her staff told her, now listen, when you walk in, pretend you're surprised. And she yells, surprise. Surprise! There's Cicilline and Langevin. There's Raimundo cutting the cake. There's the husband. Listen, she yells, surprise. No, they told her to act surprised. You're supposed to act surprised, not yell surprise, Madam Vice President. Act, oh, what was I supposed? You're supposed to act surprised. Let's go to VP Kamala Harris. Says racial injustice is linked to economic injustice and climate change and COVID. Here we go. Racial injustice today is inextricably linked to economic injustice, to the impact of the climate crisis, to the impact of COVID-19, and to the threats to our democracy. (laughs) What? Racial injustice is linked to economic injustice, climate change, and COVID-19. Anyone have any idea what she's talking about? No? It's all right. Either do I. Providence wants to clear the homeless encampment by November 1st. Well, we're definitely going to be out there. People living receive notice to vacate. They're not even supposed to be living there. Can we just be clear about that? Can we mention that? They're not being evicted. They're, they're living in a piece of land where they're not supposed to be. All right, let me just hear this piece. And then I want to play the other piece by Channel 10. Here we go. The city of Providence wants residents of a homeless encampment to move out by November 1st. And this morning, people living there got notices to vacate. NBC 10's Katie Davis joins us now live oh, with what happens next. Go. Hey there, Katie. Homeless Well, Barb, the big question now is where will people who are living in the Wilson Street encampment go? This no. Well, that's not the question. Still trying to figure that out. Why? Right now, the deadline stay for here. residents to move is November first. Right. There's reportedly a plan to get people who are living in tents there into more permanent homes before that. One woman who's been helping residents living there says many of them have had their belongings destroyed. They need help with long-term housing. Yes, most definitely. Get a job. Human beings. You know, regardless of why they're here or how they got here, get a job. It's not right. We have jobs for everybody. Making matters more complicated, we're told the vacant lot is partly owned by the city of Providence and partly owned by a private developer. Listen, it's actually not complicated. You don't own the land. You can't camp out on the land. You can't stay there. Do you understand? Can't stay there. Beat it. Scram. Now, the city has to find them a place. Oh, okay. Suddenly now they're in a position of authority. Oh, the city has to find them a place. No, wrong. What do you mean the city has to find them a place? No, they have to find a place. What is, well, if I can't stay here, where am I going to live? Well, then you've got to find a place. Why don't we start with employment? You know, if you were working... You wouldn't have time to lay around all day, for crying out loud, which is what a lot of them do. All right, hold on. I want to play. Channel 10 has a piece about the whole Ted Cruz thing in Newport. And it's, as you can imagine, the whole thing of uh, the people there reacting to Senator Cruz, who wasn't wrong, saying... That well, maybe, maybe we'll start to, maybe we'll start to uh, bring the people. We'll have it as a port of entry, right? Maybe we'll have it as a port of entry. And by the way, uh, Congressman David Cicilline was saying, uh, "Excuse me, Rhode Island's not a border state." Well, either was New York, but yet Ellis Island. So I actually think it's a very good idea. Let them see what it's like. When you have all these people just crashing in through here. And then see if they still feel that strongly about, because, hey, if it's, why, why does it just have to be Texas? 
Here we go. Rhode Island leaders react. Ted Cruz's immigration proposal. I believe there's audio of this. Where's my audio? Blake Phillippe believes he may not be serious. Well, who did the story? Crandall? Do we not have... Where's the audio on it? I apologize, folks. I, Juan is well aware that he's live. I just pulled up the NBC 10. I thought they had sound on it, and now they don't have sound on it. So, instead they just have photos? No. For some reason it's not kicking into that. Let me uh, check Crandall's page. Again, my point is, you don't have to answer the question. What, what do I think about that? I think the answer should have been, I actually posted this on Facebook. I was so upset. I, I think they should have said, well, I think he's got a point. I think if locally they were affected the same way the people down at the border were affected, I think they would have a different opinion about it. That's what I think. I think that if, in fact, Rhode Island was getting these people straight from the border, just coming cruising in, I believe that people would have a different approach to it. So, and I would also mention the fact that if Governor McKee is so juiced about illegals coming in, whether they're from Haiti or Guatemala or Afghanistan, why doesn't he build an encampment for them in Cumberland? Now, we know the answer. Governor McKee, he didn't like, as I've said, he didn't like it when the frontline workers were, in fact, um, he didn't like it when the frontline workers went to Cumberland for just a, a few hours, let alone what it would be if like 5,000 Haitians showed up. So I, I for some reason, I, I can't get it. All right. Uh, I, I, I think the point that Senator Cruz was making was on the money, was accurate. And I want to play for you folks. Good afternoon at 138. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. You know, on the website, DePietro.com, I do have the sound when I asked the lieutenant governor, who, by the way, she calls illegals new Americans, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. But I did ask her about this business that they were paying illegals to fill out the census. So I want to play the full clip and I do have this on my YouTube channel. So here we go. You write, and I want to quote it, to ensure no Rhode Islander was left out of the critical count. So it is your intention that everyone that was counted is a Rhode Islander. Yes, everyone that lives here in the state of Rhode Island is a Rhode Island. Okay, and would you say that they're also a citizen? Would that be a distinction for being a Rhode Islander? Uh, I consider the citizens of the state of Rhode Island as they live in the state of Rhode Island. Huh, wow. Your last line of this opinion piece says, for government to serve everyone, it has to let everyone... She... Now I remember. She actually wrote a piece for the Boston Globe, called them Rhode Island citizens. This is another audio of it. I'm sure no Rhode Islander was left out of the critical count. So it is your contention that everyone that was counted is a Rhode Islander. Yes, everyone that lives here in the state of Rhode Island is a Rhode Islander. Wrong. And Wrong. I consider the citizens of the state of Rhode Island as they live in the state of Rhode Island. Yes. You know, that, that is, I completely respectfully disagree with Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. As she now calls them new Americans. Folks, notice the changing term. Don't use the term illegal. New Americans. Rhode, Rhode Island citizens. All this dancing around. Disagree 
I think she's wrong. I think a lot of people also disagree and don't agree with her on that, by the way. Do not. Do not agree with her. Now, I know that a lot of people, I am surprised that more people locally haven't spoken up about it. Um, <laughs> Joe Biden confuses trillion with billion. I, I mean, it is just nonstop. Nonstop. But, but people need to speak out. And I know that... I know that a lot of people don't like it. And you are disappointed... That the Republican Party is not speaking out more about it. Um, I I don't, um, and I don't know why. I don't know why more elected officials locally now are not speaking out about it. I think also, folks, something that we want to watch is going to be the primary that it would seem that Governor Baker is going to have. Because between critical race theory and the way they just have an open border and they're allowing anybody to come in and they want you to pay for it, I, I, it is my contention at 142 on this Thursday, I think people are getting tired of it. Critical race that you don't like what's being taught. You don't like the way people are being treated between the mandates. I think people are going to, I think they're voting issues. I think they are. Someone said to me, well, you know, they don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to offend the Latino voters. But something needs to be done about it. Folks, check out the website, tepetro.com, brought by Brood Awakenings. Dave Levake, he has scored gold. Folks, I love Brood Awakenings, and I think you'll love it, too. I have a direct link at my website, Fresh Ingredients, Cozy Environment. I love the word cozy it is. Also, Johnston Work Providence, full-service bars, wide array of liquors and cocktails. They have drive through at the Johnston location, and I believe the Warwick location, that's right. The new Providence location, I wrote a review for it that's going to be in the Rhode Island Wave. It is, uh, it is really just tremendous. But I want you to pop in and visit them, Brood Awakenings. And I want to tell you something else that, that they prepare. Bear with me. Let me just find it. They have, where's my, here we go. Um, all right. First of all, the breakfast is delicious. The signature sandwiches are great, especially the the Italian grinder is delicious, and the grilled chicken Caesar wrap. But also, try the Awakening at Brood Awakenings, made with two farm fresh eggs, and they have toasted everything, bagel, bacon, ham, sausage, tomato. The boss is delicious at Brood Awakenings. Uh, The classic sandwich is great, but the paninis are delicious. They are. And I also had uh, delicious pasta. But what I also really enjoyed was the acai bowl. They have the berry acai bowl at Brood Awakenings. Acai sorbet, strawberry, blueberry, banana, granola. They have the chocolate that I tried. Icy sorbet, banana, strawberry, coconut uh, flakes, and chocolate chip. And also the protein. You're going to try one of those. They are delicious and they're so good for you. And the frozen blends between the Oreo Crush or the Cookie Monster are just fantastic. And they also have the smoothies. Brood Awakenings, I love it. Someone said to me the other day, Juan, let's, uh, I have something I want to discuss with you, get together, have a meal, have a drink. I said, then meet me at Brood Awakenings, Harry. 
That's where I'm going. Stop in and see them. There's a brood awakenings near you, without question. All right, let me get back to some sound. At 145, folks, it is the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program, folks, J, J, Perry Paving, letter J, J, Perry Paving. Call them today, J, Perry Paving, and get a free quote. Have you thought maybe you want to get your driveway paved? Prove your property, J. Perry Paving. Provide high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, 20 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call them for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. You can also find them on Facebook. And remember, no one, nobody has a better package for our veterans than J. Perry Paving, 401 732 1730. You can also find them on Facebook. Get your driveway paved. Why that? Why not? At J. Perry Paving. All right. Let me get to um, some more sound that we have. Folks, the situation is, it's not only getting bad, but no one has, I don't have the confidence that this administration, and certainly not President Biden, can turn things around. Let's hear. This is, he confuses trillion with billion. What you do for me lately? Well, we had $1.9 billion we took care of. It's actually trillion. Mr. President, trillion. Uh, how bad are things? CNBC, 46% of Americans said they expect the economy to get worse. That's the worst in the 13-year history of the poll. This was appeared on CNBC. Let's hear that. Biden and Democrats are clearly going to have to change the economic outlook to turn these numbers around, and they have a lot of work to do. 46% say they expect the economy to get worse in the next year. That is the worst level in the 13-year history of the poll. Very surprising to me. The rise in the cost of living, now seen as the biggest concern in the country, tied with the coronavirus. 60% of Americans say they've noticed supply shortages. Andrew? Biden and Democrats are... You know, think about that. It's only going to get worse. It is getting worse. Uh, Now, last hour, we spoke with Ramona Bessinger, and this was... When I interviewed her in North Kingstown, when they halted that school committee meeting. Anymore, and Here we go. Yes, they ended the meeting because they weren't wearing their masks. We need to be heard. People are angry. We are very, very, very angry. And we're not going to be polite anymore. And we would like them to come back out and be held accountable for lying to all of us. Everyone needs to be a part of this. Let me see. um, North Kingstown schools are lying to students and parents. Can you touch on that? They're lying about the curriculum. You know, again, um, I'm looking at that 84,000 views. 84,000 views. Mayor Pete appeared on The View. Talk about an empty suit. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Talking with Sonny Hostin. Let me values, right? hear some of this. What an, um, Fox News host guy, uh, Tucker Carlson attacked empty you suit. and your family for taking paternity leave, saying that you were trying to figure out how to breastfeed. Now, Republicans claim to be the party of family values, right? Um, were you disappointed at the coverage of your family by the likes of media figures like Tucker Carlson? Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the negativity was unfortunate, but in, in a way, maybe some good comes out of it, too, because uh, it's helped us have a conversation about parental leave uh, and, and really oh brings out two God, things that are very important. This guy. Uh, every American ought to be able to get paid for it. It's an emergency. You're the Commerce uh, Transportation Secretary. We're almost the only country left in the world that doesn't have some kind of policy about this. But then the second thing that's also important is when parents take that parental leave, they need to be supported in making that choice. This is important for women who find their ability to get ahead in their careers. One hundred ships being made about ships off the coast and, of Southern uh, California. Know, at the time, but also men. 
if, if there's this idea that, you know, maybe men have access to paternity leave, but it's frowned on if they actually use it, uh, then uh, obviously, uh, you know, that doesn't work for a, a marriage like mine. But also for a man who's married to a woman, that carries with it this assumption that the woman's going to do all the work. And uh, uh, that just makes no sense. It's an emergency. Absolutely. Um, and you just referenced this, Secretary. Two the United States off. is the only industrial, industrialized nation that does not have federal paid family leave. And while President Biden wants to address this in his Build Back Better plan, there's no guarantee how much leave will end up in the final bill. Uh, Democrats are, the God, Democrats are negotiating. How do you shed this stigma around paternity leave and make it a priority in this country? Well, I think, first of all, culturally, we do have to get across now, the this idea guy that this is, is the ultimate empty suit. I mean, is there a more empty suit than that individual? I don't think so. Folks, how about in Chicago? They have a very, um, very, very serious situation regarding the police. And, 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 and the crime is on the rise and this mandate that the mayor of Chicago has. And a lot of them may leave and, and just join the police forces in Indiana. Now, this is complete falsehood. President Biden... At the Martin Luther King Memorial. Folks, think of everything that's going on in the country right now. And what does he say is the biggest threat? Domestic terrorism from white supremacists. They stay with this talking point. And all my colleagues here know it. According to the United States Intelligence Committee, domestic terrorism from white supremacists is the most lethal terrorist threat Hold in the homeland. Why? To that end, our administration is carrying out the first ever comprehensive... Total lie. Total complete. What? Right now in Tennessee, school students who don't wear a mask or don't have a religious or medical exemption have been moved to separate classrooms. Ah, now, Don Lemon last night with Chris Cuomo strikes back, says, hey, Democrats, listen, it's not my job. Sell your agenda for you. Listen to this. At the White House, when you are the leader of the Senate, when you are the leader of the House of you are the speaker. When you speak, we listen. When you when you say I'm going to ha- have a press conference, I'm inviting the media to do this. I'm going to actually go into um, the press room with Jen Psaki. I'm going to show up there sometimes and surprise people. And guess what? I'm going to pull the nation in with my, my narrative. I am going to get their attention. I'm going to make sure I have their attention. I'm going to tell them what is in the bill. I'm going to tell them what I'm selling that is going to help them and everybody in red America and everybody in blue America and all Americans. I'm not just going to sit back and expect the news media to do it for me because it's not our job to sell the narrative. It's our job to discuss what you are doing and, yes, part of what's in it. But it's not our job to sell your agenda for you. They are not selling their agenda. And the only reason that I am so enthusiastic about this is because our democracy is on the line. I don't want America to lose its democracy. I don't want America to be a country of minority rule. And I don't want America to be a place where black and brown people like me, whose ancestors fought and died for the right to vote, are restricted from going to the voting booth. That is the most un-American thing to do. So I have this platform that I have now, and I'm speaking very passionate about it. Democrats, get your butts in gear and get passionate about saving this damn country. You're not doing it. You're weak. You are weak. You are weak. Listen to that. Don Lemon. My goodness, he's all upset. Now, folks, Biden AG Merrick Garland. Good afternoon, folks, at 154. It's the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Merrick Garland concedes he started targeting parents for possible domestic terrorism because... Of this letter that was sent. Let me hear this. First sentence of your memo. Very first sentence. You said, in recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, threats of violence. Yes. When did you first review the data showing this so-called disturbing uptick? So I read the letter, and we have been seeing over time threats. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't ask you. So you read the letter. That's, that's your source? 
So let me be clear, this is not a prosecution or an investigation. There's some study, some effort, some investigation, someone did that said there's been a disturbing uptick, or you just take the words of the National School Board Association? Well, the National School Board Association, which represents thousands of school boards and school board members, says that there are these kind of threats. When we read in the newspapers reports of threats of violence, when that is in the context of threats of violence. The source for this, for the very first line in your, in your mouth. Time of the gentleman has expired. Was the school board Excellent job by Jim Jordan. Excellent job by Jim Jordan, folks. What a disgrace. Oh, my God. How about the uh, Cuban refugees warning America about the dangers of communism? This is where this is where they're going. This is where in the locals, by the way, Black Lives Matter, the whole thing. These are socialists up at the Rhode Island State House. Socialists. Listen to this Cuban refugee. Here we go. So anyway, growing up, growing up there, I remember my sister and myself being kids. They will come in and break the door, the back or the front and search the house and take my father. My father lost a job. Because he was thinking differently. He didn't agree with the government, a dictatorship government. So now seeing what's going on here, I'm really scared. I'm really concerned. I couldn't sleep for two and a half days with all these things that are happening now. And now I'm going to lose a job over this. You guys better wake up. Folks, that is going on right here. Right in our country. That's where this is happening. And people are frightened. I can't believe that Merrick Garland. What an embarrassment. Let me hear. I want to play, uh, folks. This is Jim Jordan now. Jim Jordan, again, blasting Merrick Garland. Listen to this. I don't think the good. Hold on. Jefferson said once, tyranny is when the people fear the government. Yep. We're there. Sadly, we are there. But I don't think. I don't think the good people, I don't think the good people of this great country are going to cower and hide. I think your memo, Mr. Attorney General, was the last straw. I think it was the catalyst for a great awakening that is just getting started. Pilots at Southwest Airlines, the Chicago Police Union, parents at school board meetings, Americans are pushing back. Yep. Because Americans value freedom. A few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Terry McCullough said this. I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach. That's right. When government tells parents we're smarter than you, yep. Americans aren't going to tolerate it. That's right. When the Attorney General of the United States sets up a snitch line on parents, Americans aren't going to tolerate it. That's right. I think they're going to stand up to this accelerated march to communism that we now see. America's going to fight the good fight. They're going to finish the course. They're going to keep the faith because Americans... Boy, I'd like that line, the march to communism. I like that a lot. Folks, that's what you're seeing locally, by the way. You know, and I'll also say this. I understand many of you are disgusted with the local media. They hide what's going on. The whole element. Well, you can't criticize Nellie Gorbia, the Secretary of State. And why can't you criticize her? Because she's a female. She's a Latina. She's a woman and she's Latina. You can't criticize her. You can't question her. She has a right to run the election the way she wants. You can't question who she's registering to vote. Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. Who are these people running by the Border Patrol? Oh, those are the new Americans. Really, that's an interesting way to look at people who are trespassing. And I repeat, I was told I was trespassing at Quonset because I was trying to film the flight of them coming in. And the rich irony that was lost on them, uh, trespassing. You're flying these people in who ran across the border, the ultimate trespassing. I'm being removed. You're flying them in to put them up. Folks, it's 159. It's John DePietro. I want you to enjoy this Thursday. We're back tomorrow at 11. There's breaking news. We do Facebook Live. I want you to stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. As always, go to the website, depetro.com. Stay tuned. Enjoy this uh, lovely Thursday. WNRI Winsocket.